Um, I am speaking from a laptop, which is a, not a particularly good thing to speak from. Um, I don't know if anyone's ever tried to speak from a laptop. It kind of sucks. But um, I take heart that um, at Hui Rose spoke from a photo on her phone of a laptop. Um, so so I, I guess I'm one rung up on, on that particular letter. Um, so, so we're kind of in a season right now where we're talking about the Holy Spirit. Um, Daniel asked me to talk about Pentecost. Um, so I talked about Pentecost at Lyle Bay at Pentecost. Um, it's no longer Pentecost, uh, but I'll still talk about Pentecost. Um, so if you're following any kind of like lectionary, because uh, I know we're really into our tradition here. Um, if, you're, if you're following along in your lectionary, um, I'm going to read some scripture, which you're going to be baffled, but um, I, I swear it, it actually happened last week. Um, but we're going to talk about Pentecost. Um, last time I, I came and spoke, I, I spoke about care for creation. I spoke about creation, and I, and I spoke about... Um, that in the beginning, our understanding of, of what a biblical um, view of humanity's um, potential was stems out of God creating the heavens and the earth, forming them into this place of beauty and bounty out of chaos, and then forming this garden, this even more beautiful, magical place, and then placing humans into that space. The Trinity sharing their creation and this right to rule over it with humans. And we talked about um, the difference between um, how we think of rule as people who who kind of are under the rule of of kings and queens and how God wants that rule to play out, which looks a lot more like Jesus. And what happens is something goes wrong, and we're told the story again and again and again in the Old Testament, that we, instead of figuring out how to partner with God, we try to snatch that power for ourselves. Um, And we try to take that power and build the garden, expand the garden on our our own terms. And that's where we get to Pentecost. It's a bit of a leap. We'll we'll get there. (laughs) Um, So if you don't know what Pentecost is, we'll go over it in in a little bit. Um, But there's this thing called Pentecostal spirituality that you might have heard of. And you might have heard of that if you've ever looked at the Renew Charism. Uh, Blueprint is a part of Renew. Lyle Bay Community Church is a part of Renew. And we have these kind of things that, that hold all of our different communities together, where we've looked at what are these key things that, that really hold us, and what are these, what are these we call them tent pegs, what are these things that, that stretch out the tent that we all sit under? And one of them is Pentecostal spirituality. And as Jay shared, there's parts of some of these words that are a little bit sketchy for some of us. And Pentecostal spirituality is definitely up there, right? A lot of us have experienced in the past um, problematic uh, expressions um, of what this can look like. So I, I want to walk us a little bit through tonight. What do we mean when we as Renew say Pentecostal spirituality? What happened at Pentecost? And then how does that tie into this, this core theme that we have of snatching the power for ourselves, of going outside of God's plan um, and and trying to subvert something that should be beautiful. Um, So we're going to look at that a little bit, um, but we're going to start with this picture. Pentecostal spirituality. In Renew, we have this belief that the Holy Spirit is at work in the earth. We have this belief that we 
want a spirituality that is grounded in the world, but believes that the God of heaven also moves in miraculous and unexplainable power. That we're grounded in the, in the world, but we believe that God moves. The Holy Spirit is at work in our world, manifesting the presence and the power of God to work the purposes of God. That's what we mean when we say Pentecostal spirituality. We don't mean flags, although nothing wrong with flags. We don't mean putting your hands up during worship, although there's nothing wrong with that. We don't mean that you um, fall over, nothing wrong with that. But this is what we mean when we say Pentecostal spirituality. is a deep-rooted belief that the God of the universe is here and moving within us and wants to partner with us. So Pentecost. Pentecost, uh, 50 days after the Feast of Unleavened Bread, obviously. Um, Pente referring to the five and the 50. Um, this celebrates the giving of the law to Moses um, at Sinai. This is, a, this is a Jewish festival. It's a feast day. Um, and it celebrates the covenant that God made and the provision that, that comes out of that covenant. Um, so it's the time when people flock to Jerusalem to um, sacrifice the first fruits of the harvest. It's a harvest festival. The first fruits, knowing that God will continue to pour out the bounty. And so faithful Jews from across the known world would have been making their pilgrimage to Jerusalem when we hit this passage. Um, and Jerusalem, uh, there's kind of estimates about how many people kind of lived in Jerusalem. Uh, most, I don't know, historians think maybe 80,000 people. And then during these feast days, it would swell up to 180,000 people. Right, that's the difference between Porirua and Wellington City. <laughs> um, so so there is a heap of people poured into this little space. And then this moment happens, and this is the birth date of the church as we know it. Um, and when we're talking about Pentecost, we're talking about this event. And, and people have been trying to capture this event and understand this event, and, and try to portray this event for generations. Um, there's a beautiful painting by Jean Rousseau, which looks like that. It looks like that. Um, and that, this, this is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful painting from the 1500s. Um, it's also hyper-sanitized. Um, we'll read in the story a little bit, and we'll go into it. But, but yeah, that, that, like, I don't know... That, that posture of like, oh, isn't it nice? Um, I'm suspicious that that's what Pentecost looked like. I'm very suspicious. Except for there's a guy, you can see down there in the bottom left hand corner, there's a guy, everyone else has flames on their head. He doesn't, he looks real bummed about it. Um, if that happened, I reckon he would have been pretty bummed about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all your mates just got these weird flaming things on their heads and, and you're left out. I don't know. Um, but we hit this point, Pentecost, the city is flooded with people from across the known world. Jesus died, resurrected, comes back and says, go to the city and wait, I'm going to send you a helper. And then we hit this point. Here we go. This, this, is, this is where we hit the Bible bit. Um, so if you've, if you've got your uh, lectionary out, um, this is where you'll be confused. When the day of Pentecost came, they, the disciples, and the faithful were all together in one place. Suddenly, the sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven 
and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard the sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment, because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontius and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the other parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and other converts to Judaism, Christians and Arabs. It's quite a, quite a mix. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they've had too much wine. And then Peter stood up with the eleven and raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews, all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning, which is not a particularly convincing argument. Um, no, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And Peter goes on to preach a sermon. Taking the Old Testament and, and expanding it and showing the truth that was in there. And 3,000 people come to Christ in that first day, which is, which is bonkers. Have you ever seen 3,000 people on the street? It's like the whole street would have to be full up. Um, and these 3,000 people, <laughs> I can't imagine giving a sermon and being that good that every single person that hears it um, would be convinced. Um, so there's probably 10,000 people if you want to get back to 3,000 people. Even if Peter's like really convincing. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure he was. Um, I mean, he made that argument about the drinking. Um, but something happens there um, and people are, are called up into something new. And, and I believe that when we come back to looking at our Pentecostal spirituality, I believe it is firmly rooted in this idea that we're, we're called as the people of God to participate in the reconciliation of all things to God. And there's no way we can do that without the inspiration of the, and the working of the Holy Spirit. There's just no way. There's no way we can build the social systems that we need without God. There's no way we can do the things we need to do without God. Pentecostal spirituality and renew is about wanting to create spaces where we experience the presence and the power of God to work out the purposes of God. That's all. So I'm going to speak a little bit about presence, power, and purposes. Um, and what happens at Pentecost is, is actually like the presence of God comes in and there's a massive interruption. Like I said, this looks really sanitized and really lovely. The story, actually, if you, if you read it and you think a little bit about what's going on, is this crazy interruption. They're at a prayer meeting. And then the building shakes. And a wind comes into the building. When was the last time you were in a building like this and suddenly there's, there's wind flowing through the place, but the doors are closed? That, that would blow my mind. 
And then tongues of fire came to rest. Can you imagine being the first person, the tongue of fire comes down, and everyone sees it, but they don't know what's going on. They just think you're on fire. Like, <laughs> this is an interruption that is extreme. They're meeting to pray. They have no idea what's going to happen. We read it, and we're like, we get numb to these stories, or we don't think a little bit about them. This is an interruption that is massive. That's extreme. They're meeting to pray, and this crazy interruption happens where God's presence comes close. Where the God who is already there reveals a little bit more. And it tells us a little bit about some of those like less extreme interruptions. Um, I, I had a day off a couple of months ago, and um, uh, <laughs> when you have a kid and you're planning a church, and you work in a startup, um, days off kind of like don't really happen very often. So I thought, yes, day off. What did I do six months ago when I had a, an actual day to myself? Um, I played a video game, that was pretty fun. So I thought, yes, I will play a video game, probably something about farming. Um, <laughs> you know, Stardew Valley's great. Um, so I thought, okay, well, I'll, I'll boot up my computer and um, I'll need to install uh, six months of patches or whatever. Um, but I hadn't even got to the point where I could be bummed about um, how long the patching was going to take um, when my phone rang and my wife said, hey, um, across the road at the hall, um, we were taking care of the hall, uh, this guy's just shown up uh, and he, he needs some help. He needs some help. <laughs> and that was it. Um, so I kind of had this moment and I thought, I, I know, I, I, there's a couple of people I could call and just swap it off because I've got a little moment to myself here. Um, Little precious moment to myself. I could pop it off, and, I, and then, and then I didn't. I didn't pop it off, and, and I went over to the hall, um, and it turned out this guy, um, he just needed some help. You know, he 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 was underhomed. He he'd been walking down from Wanganui, so so he just got to Wellington, um, and he obviously uh, was pretty hungry and tired, um, and so um, I brought him back to our place. Um, and I sat with him as, as we kind of shared a cup of coffee um, and listened to some of his stories, amazing stories, um, wild stories. <laughs> um, and then he had to sleep on our floor, um, and then he had a shower, um, and then he needed some new clothes, so I took him, took him up the road to grab some new clothes. Um, and then I wound up uh, dropping him in town because um, he, he wanted a meal. And he said, oh, I want to go into town, if I can get a meal in town. Um, so I was going to drop him at the Sisters of Compassion um, to get uh, some, some dinner. And we wind up, and, and um, I drop him on Cuba Street. Um, and as I'm grabbing stuff, stuff out of the car for him, he says, hey, can you pray for me? So there I'm standing on Cuba Street, and I'm calling down the blessing of God on this guy. In the middle of the sidewalk. And, like, it kind of hit me, like... I was, my day was planned around doing some fake farming, <laughs> but, but I find myself on the side of the road um, with this beautiful guy, like praying and experiencing in that the blessing of God. You know, like God interrupted my day, <laughs> the day that I had planned and had, had thought, yeah, I'll be selfish with this day and, I, and it'll be just for me. But God had interrupted my day. Um, but I think the interesting thing there is that I allowed my day to be interrupted. Because I, I definitely knew who I could call who would, who would jump on it and help out. 
I knew I could. I knew I could. We've got a cool crew out in Lyle Bay. Um, and I, I think the question is like, are we, are we allowing ourselves to be interrupted? Are we positioning ourselves so that God can actually interrupt us? Um, John Piper, uh, who, was, um, who was a theologian who, who looked at um, spiritual formation, he, he puts it this way. He says, we can fight to walk on the paths where he has promised his blessings. We can't make God bless us. But we can fight to shape our lives such that we walk the spaces where God has said, I'll bless you in those spaces. Are we allowing ourselves to be interrupted? The second thing, that the power of God. In Mark 1, anyone got Mark 1 memorized? In Mark 1, Jesus... This is a story that irked me for a really long time. Jesus goes to his disciples, Simon's um, his house, and his mother-in-law is sick. Here's his mother-in-law. And people hear about this, and they bring all the sick people that they can find to Jesus. And Jesus heals all these people. And then the next day, Jesus goes and climbs a hill, because Jesus likes to go early morning, climb a hill and pray. Um, and what's happened is, is the rest of the town's kind of heard about this, and, and they bring everyone to where he was staying. And the disciples go, hang on, we'll go get him. We'll go get him, and he'll come back, and you know, we'll do the miracle thing again. It'll be great. And they go up the hill to find Jesus. And they say, hey, Jesus, you've got to come back. There's all these, there's all these more, more people who need your help. And Jesus goes, no, nah, we're out. We're off to the next place. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going back down there to heal all those people that, that need healing. I'm off to the next place. This irked me for a really long time. It irked me for a really long time. See, Jesus healed everyone. Not just to see them healed. Like, I believe Jesus saw everyone that he healed. And he saw the humanity in them. But it wasn't just to see them healed. Jesus was attempting to reveal what the kingdom looks like. Jesus was attempting to reveal what the Father is like. Jesus was attempting to reveal what this world could be like if we all lived into that. See, they, they were seeking, coming and seeking the healing, but Jesus was trying to show them the kingdom. Jesus was interested in revealing to them how things could be. And it's interesting how that kind of like wires back to what it looks like in the garden. We wanted the power, but we didn't want the God that it came with. We wanted the healing, but we didn't want the kingdom or what it would take to see that, that healing or that wholeness come. Jesus put it this way, seek ye first the kingdom of God and then the other things will come. Good. And we see in, in, this, um, in this Pentecost moment, when the Spirit comes and reveals more of what God's like, this rushing wind says the building shook. Um, I don't know if they were renting or whatever, but <laughs> they probably wouldn't get their deposit back. Landlord would have been cranky. Um, 
And they see what looks like tongues of fire that separate to rest on them. And all of them are filled with the Holy Spirit and begin to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. This isn't just arbitrary stuff that's happening. God is here, not just to like shake the room up a bit and to, I don't know, magic them up with some fireballs over their heads, right? God is here to reveal to them their presence and to empower them to do the work of the kingdom. The wind and the fire, I know Rose has spoken a little bit about the wind, I I haven't caught it yet. Um, But the wind and the fire, these are are ancient metaphors that, that these people have been talking to each other about what God is like. And the Holy Spirit came in a way that reminded them that this God is the same God. This God who said, I will be with you, was with them. God chose to reveal themselves in the way of their ancient faith in a brand new way that they'd never seen before. This isn't some new God. This is the I am. This is Yahweh. And now I dwell with you. Not in that temple over there, with you. So that question on the power is like, are we positioning ourselves for the revelation or do we want to grasp for the power? Are we positioning ourselves for the presence or do we just want the niceties that come? Do we believe that God has more to reveal to us about who they are and in turn who we are? And finally, the purpose. I I strongly believe that, that we are called to engage in the restoration, renewal, and reconciliation of all things. And that that's, I don't know, that's pretty lofty, eh? <laughs> and sometimes it feels crazy. Like when you're in a small crew and you're like, man, we just want to see something good. And sometimes it doesn't feel like that could ever happen just with us. You know, sometimes it feels like our communities are just too busted. But that's pretty lofty, eh? This Pentecost story, um, every single bit of it is attempting to tell us a little bit of what God is like. The room shakes. The wind rushes through. The fires come down. Those Those aren't necessarily the things that cause any change to happen. What happens next? They're speaking in a dozen languages. Dozens of languages. So many that it draws a giant crowd. I've never seen a thousand people just organically come out of nowhere because something wild is happening. Must be crazy. (laughs) But something's actually going on here. There's this thing that happens earlier in the Bible where lots of people are speaking a whole bunch of different languages. Bible, Bible moment, Sunday school. Anyone guessing what that moment was? What he said. What he said. <laughs> this is another one of those stories where humanity wanted to create the garden place, the temple place, but in their own strength. And We've got this moment where in order 
for God to teach us. He, it says he shattered the nations. It says he split up this thing by giving everyone a different language. He, he split up humanity. But then what's going on here at this point where God has come to do a new thing? God is unsplitting. God is unshattering. God is bringing back together that which was split apart. God is reconciling people, not just to themselves, but to one another. God is making all things new. That is the purpose of God in and through us. But it always starts with the presence. It always starts with God's presence. Always, which is, which is why we build these spaces of worship. It's why we talk about these spiritual disciplines that we do. It's why we have the bingo card. It's why we do all these different things. Is to remind ourselves how great it is the God we serve. And maybe, just maybe, sometimes experience some of Pentecost for ourselves. To come alive to the God that is right here. To be transformed by that power and then to participate in God's work of restoration and reconciliation in ourselves, in our families, in our communities, and in the world. We're, we're about to jump into one of those spaces where there's nothing magical about someone playing a guitar. We don't conjure up God. There's nothing we can do that will make God be present. Sorry, Ty. <laughs> we create a space where we can position ourselves. We can position ourselves to know the presence. We can position ourselves ready to be interrupted. We can position ourselves to experience the power of God does decide to show up in a new way. And we can remind ourselves that we're called into participation in the reconciliation of all things. We could do that in just a second. Ty's going to jump up. Um, <laughs> smooth, smooth. Henri Nguyen, um, in, his, in his book, Making All Things New, um, he kind of puts it this way. He says, through the disciplines of solitude and community, we try to remove, slowly, gently, yet persistently, the many obstacles which prevent us from listening to God's voice within us. God speaks to us not once in a while, but always. Our task is to allow that presence to become real for us in all we do, say, or think. Solitude and community are disciplines by which that space becomes free for us to listen to the presence of God's Spirit and to respond fearlessly and generously. We can fight to walk the paths where God has promised his blessing. So if you're a bit like not sure about this whole Pentecostal spirituality thing, that's okay. If you've been burned before, that's okay. If you need a top up because you're tired and sometimes it doesn't feel... 
like it's actually going to come off and it doesn't feel like stuff's going to be reconciled. It doesn't feel like stuff is going to be restored. That's okay. That's okay. We're going to take the space. We're going to make time to reposition ourselves so that if God chooses to move, we're ready for it. We can hear it. Why don't we stand together as we jump into worship? Um, if, if you're in that space and you don't know what, what this Holy Spirit thing is like um, or what's going on with it, if you've known the Holy Spirit present and it feels like you haven't felt that in a long time, um, if, if you just want more of what God's doing, um, I'd encourage you to lean in, tell God, I'm ready for you to interrupt me. Um, I'm going to be hanging out over there. I'd love to pray with anyone. Um, and yeah, let's let's make the most of this time. Right? Let's put this time aside to be reminded of who God is and who we are.